Welcome to the Compassionate Capitalist Radio Show with host Karen Rands. A compassionate capitalist is someone who invests their money into entrepreneur endeavors to bring innovation to the market and create wealth for all those involved. Karen shares insights and best practices for entrepreneurs to succeed and investors to share in that success without all the risks. And now... Welcome to the Compassionate Capitalist Show. Uh, for those that have listened before, uh, you know that one of the things that's near and dear to my heart, one of, part of the reasons why I wrote the book or my impetus to write the book, Inside Secrets to Angel Investing, was all about crowdfunding being the, the sort of the great, I, I called it the great experiment initially when in 2012, because it was something brand spanking new. Now, re reward-based crowdfunding had been around for a while, but it was something really new and outside the comfort zone of the SEC and a lot of our legislative communities and a lot of people and angel investors, traditional angel investors as well, about this, what do you do about helping, uh, removing the barrier between entrepreneurs to get access to capital from investors when they're not necessarily in a geography where there's an angel group or in a particular industry that that angel group is focused on. And crowdfunding, equity-based crowdfunding was the best way for those entrepreneurs to be able to reach out to their potential investors that would also potentially be customers, they're an affinity group, they relate to the, what the company's doing, they think it's a great idea, they like the entrepreneur, whatever. The same reasons why traditional accredited angel investors would invest, now people could do that through crowdfunding, regardless of um, there's some limits on their income. But if they have discretionary income, there's ways for them to play when they want to participate in this asset class. And so it was a lot, a lot, it took a few years for all that to come out. Interstate became one of the ones that so many people thought was just perfect for those companies in a state that might be in a traditional business. They're maybe the founders, a member of this, of the chamber, and he knows all these other people and they just don't know how to raise, raise capital. And they're not necessarily a pure startup that has that low valuation that accredited investors want. Uh, are seeking. There's something that somebody that's a traditional investor, somebody that normally knows how to read the financial statements on their Yahoo Finance and they're looking for good deals on public stock, what better way for them to get involved in a company that has proven that they're, they can be successful and is raising growth capital and they can't get it from traditional angels, they can't get it from VCs, they can't get it from um, private equity funds, they need more money than a bank will give them, where do they go? Well, the crowd of their fans, the crowd of the people that understand their business model, that understand that industry, are, the, are really ideal for them to be able to um, participate in that and share in the success of that company. Uh, so it's been something that's been a, 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 on my heart for a while. Uh, this I call, of course, compassionate capitalism, because that's when people invest their knowledge, time, resources, and money into entrepreneur endeavors in order to bring innovation to the market, create jobs, and create wealth. And that works for companies at every stage and for investors at every risk tolerance. So one of the things that has, we, you know, time tells, right? And a lot of things people go and put up, uh, uh, states got jumped on. Georgia and Kansas were the first ones to do interstate before uh, the Jobs Act passed in 2012. Every state now has um, some form of an interstate 
on it. It's been raised at the federal level that they are allowed to do up to 5 million. Some states have adopted that as well. And uh, I have a whole section in my book talking about, about the, um, all the stuff that the different states are doing. But when you find out that there has been, just because hindsight's not is 2020 and foresight, you just don't know, um, there's barriers to companies being able to do that. There's all this promise of when there's a barrier to that, it is so refreshing to know that there is somebody that recognizes that and is going to take action and commit their resources, their knowledge, their influence to be able to do that. And my guest today is that person. Uh, Russell C. Weigel III, Commissioner Weigel, he is the Commissioner of the Office of Financial Regulation. He has recognized that and he is working to make changes so that it's easier for entrepreneurs in Florida to raise capital through interstate crowdfunding. And he is also um, committed, and which is near and dear to my heart, to education, to raise the awareness on the investor side of that, that there are these opportunities. Okay, so the purpose of our talk today is to learn what, George, what Florida is doing, um, what the pro- challenges are, what they're trying to do and getting, getting feedback from the investor community, the business community, what they're trying to do, their call to action for those that are listening, if you're in Florida, to reach out and, um, and, and say something, okay? And then for those people in other states, this is also a call to action for you to look at your own rules to see what, why is it that interstate hasn't exploded in your own state? Is there a barrier similar to this? So uh, this is just, it's, I'm very excited and very honored to have Commissioner Weigel on the show. I am going to give you an introduction here, tell everybody why you know all the stuff you know. But first, I want to say hello and thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much, Karen. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, I'm really excited to, uh, to have an opportunity just to, to, to be on the podcast. Thank you. You're so welcome. So here's a little bit about... Uh, about uh, Commissioner Weigel. So he's an AV rated securities attorney with more than 30 years of legal experience and a published author. In 2005, he founded a securities transactional and litigation law firm, which he ran until he became the commissioner in March of 2020. So this is pretty recent. Prior to that, he served as a securities transactional litigation attorney and an enforcement attorney with the SEC and assistant state attorney for the Office of the State Attorney of the 10th Judicial Circuit and holds an undergraduate degree in economics from Vanderbilt University and Juris Doctor from the University of Miami School of Law. So again, thank you for joining on the show. And that's really, you know, because that shows you have both sides of the equation. The fact that you've been in on the SEC side and know the concerns that they have in protecting investors, which is what most of what the SEC does, but then also on the business side of that and understanding the, the struggles that the regulatory rules and the barriers that they put on it for companies raising capital. So um, let's talk about, you know, the state of, of, of capital and entrepreneurism in Florida. Uh, I know of a number of angel groups that are scattered all over the state of Florida. There's about uh, 80 incubators and startups around Florida. I think uh, when I had done some research, because I was a keynote down there for 
uh, University of Central Florida and the Bridge Angel Group to talk about crowdfunding and the Jobs Act and economic development and this whole you know stuff that you're doing. This was a few. This was years ago before you were. Uh, I think it was 2018, um, but that was uh, I had done some research then, and at that point in time, it looked to me like. Uh, Florida was doing really well in overall, and I thought it would compare to Georgia because Georgia is very central around Atlanta, but in Florida, there are angel groups all over in all these different cities, and by them syndicating, it was companies, startups, and again, these are mostly tech companies, you know, it, they had an access to capital within that, but that's your traditional sector. That's not with what we're talking about today, which is interstate. So, Talk about what you've experienced either prior becoming into the commissioner or the commission position or, you know, and, and going forward and what you discovered and why you realized this was an issue when it comes to these kind of companies raising interstate capital. Well, thank you very much. Well, I can tell you that as a securities attorney in private practice um, in the 2000s, um, one of the things I, I realized, you know, I was running my practice out of Miami and uh, uh, it didn't take too long to figure out that, um, you know, Florida had a very uh, uh, stiff legal framework for um, uh, any kind of interstate um, securities um, offerings. And, uh, and I was puzzled by that. And I started making inquiries over time. I, I'd spoken to different legislators. Um, I had uh, spoken to different lobbyists and, I always got the same answer and that was um, the office of financial regulation is against it. I wanted to, you know, change some of the, uh, the statutes, make it easier for companies to raise capital and participate in the system. Um, just to give you an idea, um, there's really two ways to go. I mean, generally speaking, when you're trying to do an offering, you're either going to register it and have uh, either a state or, um, or the sec, review that registration statement and eventually, uh, you know, give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down about your disclosure. Uh, or you're going to do it without government oversight and you're going to do it under what's called the exemption statutes and uh, so or an exempt offering. Well, our, uh, our, our registration scheme um, includes one that is designed to benefit small companies. It's called the SCORE small company offering registration. And uh, many states have that on their, on their books. Florida has it. And, uh, you know, our statute says basically that you're not even eligible unless you're three years in revenue. And uh, another bar is that uh, if you're insolvent, you know, you, you're, you're not, uh, you, you know, you may be disqualified. And so these are gigantic non-starters for, for uh, startups. And, right. uh, Obviously, if you're pre-revenue, you just don't qualify, and and so wow. so that's that's it. And uh, so I wanted to change that. I mean, Florida has a history of fraud. I mean, there's no question about that. And and the reasons why our statutes are the way they are um, are based on our history. Uh, but we're a different state in you know 2020 or 2021, you know, than we were in 1950 and or 1960 or 70 or 80 or 90. I mean, we, we've, we've been evolving and, uh, and we're now the third largest state, but our, 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 our capital system has not evolved. And, uh, and what we have, we, we have, a, I mean, well, we have close to 21 million people 
resident in the state now. And uh, being the third largest state, um, we're curiously the, the one in the, in the top four that doesn't have a capital market. And, uh, you know, against Texas, against California, against New York, um, all of which have uh, long developed um, uh, communities that, uh, you know, are, are, uh, are working together, I mean, getting capital together uh, to raise, uh, to help entrepreneurs start up businesses. All of that is happening in, in, in other states. And, and Florida, curiously, is uh, uh, at the top of the charts in starting new businesses, but we are close to the bottom of the country in being able to source expansion capital for them. And so what happens is we have a, a dynamic where companies that, that need investor funding aren't going to get it here. They, they are um, uh, likely to get it in Silicon Valley. They're likely to get it in Austin or New York. And eventually they also may be asked to relocate. So, uh, you know, we have people, we, we invest in our, our young, our kids, we, we put them through college and, uh, and then they, they don't find jobs in Florida. They wanna go work at startups or that, that the startup community might be a, you know, a typical uh, avenue for, for college grads. Um, it, it's, it's not there for everybody. And, uh, and obviously young people have student loans to pay off and that kind of thing. And, and uh, um, they're oftentimes getting jobs out of state. And that's a brain drain that I'm, I'm trying to stem. And it, it, it's all related to, uh, I think, to just the, the, uh, the lack of an ecosystem that we, I mean, we just don't have a, uh, um, an established system like some of the other states do. And that's what I'm trying to start. And I'm start, trying to start it uh, two ways to solve the, the two basic problems. One is the legislative front, which I can now hopefully do as a, uh, um, you know, a agency head uh, in charge of the agency that used to be the one blocking efforts to, to uh, uh, grow Florida's economy in this regard. I'm now trying to, you know, I'm now in the position where I hopefully, uh, you know, can uh, get some movement in the legislature to, to uh, reduce some of the statutory barriers that are presently in place, which I can talk about. But uh, the, other, the other side of the coin is, as you mentioned, is the education piece. And, uh, and we, yes, we, we, I mean, if you ask some people about our, our capital market, they'll say, of course, we have a capital market in Florida. And of course we fund companies and, and that's true. But what companies are we talking about? Um, you know, the top tier companies um, are always gonna get funding they're gonna get it funded locally. They're gonna get it funded out of state, whichever the funds are there. Um, so, but that, that, realm is kind of the same, you know, uh, stomping ground where the, the, the VC firms are hunting and, and uh, it's really the top 1% of, of, of our companies. And uh, it's the bottom 99% that are the ones that are struggling to, uh, to find the capital they need. And that's what our focus is as an agency. It deliberately is to focus on the, the, the bottom 99. And uh, so, you know, go, working backwards, I mean, uh, well, let me finish that point. We we uh, we have an we have an, an educational piece that we we need to focus on. We need to get information out about opportunities, um, uh, programs, and uh, we need to do a much better job about that. Florida is very balkanized. I mean, we're a um, uh, we're not a compact state like uh, I would say Georgia is, where we have a central city that everybody kind of like. Um, 
you know, is encircled. Um, and uh, uh, we have uh, many population centers, uh, you know, around our strangely designed state. And uh, we uh, are balkanized and, and uh, we, you know, different groups, different cities are starting to talk to each other and starting to share resources. And that's a good thing. Um, and we need to do a better job of it. And um, as I said, we're starting, we're, we're, we start a lot of tech companies, uh, but um, our, our college communities are just starting to, to catch up uh, to an extent to be able to serve the needs of our, of our startup community. And uh, so we don't have um, the way I'd like to see or the way, we, the way it could be where we have community colleges that are offering certificate programs, that we have um, uh, just a, a recognition that we, we, you know, we have a, an influx of citizens um, immigrating and, uh, uh, and then we just have our, our homegrown community which just needs to be served. And, uh, and we're, we need to be able to train our future employees uh, to be able to serve this 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 new marketplace that's developing, and uh, so that I mean that's a that's a part of this that we we need to facilitate we need to facilitate it through awareness. We need to educate investors. Uh, in Florida, they're typically uh, you know uh, comfortable and historically have been real estate investors, and Florida's got plenty of real estate. But um, right, you know we. Uh, um, haven't had a, a community that was savvy in investing in business. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, a tide that is shifting. It's starting to become more prevalent. Uh, but, you know, we have to keep educating the community on, uh, on, 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 on the needs of the business community. And yeah. uh, uh, so, I mean, that's the thing. But first, we got to, I got to lay the rails, you know, for the track to, uh, you know, create the, the foundation of the ecosystem here and make yeah. it stable. And, well, uh, yeah, so I, cause I, um, many years ago, um, like quite a few years ago, probably 15 years ago, um, I remember because I, I had worked with it and I had colleagues that had worked with it. And, and at that time, this was long before there was any kind of crowdfunding and, uh, uh, the government in Florida had, um, funded this sort of, uh, like what you're talking about, it was sort of, it wasn't really, um, portal's not really the right word because the way technology was back then, but it was a, a, um, an awareness, if you will, of companies that had gone through the screening and had been um, approved and funded in some place so that other angel groups in the, in the state, because it is very uh, spread out in where the angel groups are located and uh, even individuals, because I think at the time they recognized a lot of people. Uh, you got your snowbirds that come down and they're, they may be investors up in the Northeast and then they're down here in the winter and they're looking at deals and, you know, that kind of a thing. And it seemed to go real pretty well together as far as um, elevating the companies that had qualified on that. And then I remember when the funding got, got, uh, um, I guess, removed from the budget, right? And so we just sort of, because some of those pe folks I was working with, and I and another gentleman I ran into, he used to live here in Atlanta and he lives down in Florida. He had been um, asked to come in and help and look at it. So I think you've got a lot of like-minded people 
around the state that see that need because they were very disappointed when it went away because they recognized the economic impact that would have that didn't give the the visibility of those companies you know the ones that start to get beyond that one percent you're talking about that they do get some funding and part of the best way to mitigate the risk of a company raising capital is access to more capital, right? So, <laughs> right, they can raise their 100, 200 from this group, but if they can't raise the million or 2 million they really need, then then it they can't get there. And that's, and that's a way, and it takes a lot of time and money to go from group to group to group. And if you're only, if you only access to capital or just these very narrow, you know, angel groups and the gauntlet that they do and they meet once a month, right? It's just so, I really applaud what, what you're doing. Do you find in the in you working on the outside of government and then, you know, from an elected standpoint and then within, you know, all the different functions, do you see, have you seen that tide change? Is it fear-based that they go away with that because of the of the fraud issues in the past and fear of fraud? Or is it they just don't feel, they don't hear from their people in their community that this is having a positive economic impact? So they, they feel like they got to budget this and that, and it's not something they can see the outcome. Why do you feel like it's, it, it has been... Um, so um, hot and cold when it comes to getting the legislative support that is needed to make this easier for companies and investors? I don't have a good answer for that. Um, I, I really don't know. And it, the, the climate does, does change um, from administration to administration. And um, I will say that our, our, our governor, governor and our current cabinet, um, they're, they're, uh, they're pro-business. And, uh, and, and that's, that's why I got appointed. I, I pitched the uh, the idea of creating an ecosystem here, and and they hired me. So uh, yeah, you know, I think that as a as a as a thumbs up to uh, you know yeah. we like your idea. Uh, so um, this is Good. the right crew to um, you know to be working under yeah. at this time. And yeah. uh, so I would say the environment is right now. This predated the pandemic. This was um, you know my uh, my hiring process started in the fall of um, 2019. So I, I didn't start the job until March 2020, but um, you know, right in like a week before the pandemic. Uh, but you know that they were, you know, they were supportive, and uh, you know that was the vision I had. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to deliver it now. And yeah. uh, and that that is a uh, you know a wholesale um, uh, rewrite of our securities code. And uh, crowdfunding is a is a big feature of it because, um, as you mentioned, many states have uh, state crowdfunding. Uh, I can't speak for other states, but Florida's was dead on arrival. It just it, it was it was um, patterned after the the Jobs Act of of 2012, and it was a reactionary effort on the part of the state to get crowdfunding going at a time when the SEC had not delivered on its rulemaking requirements to implement the federal crowdfunding system. So F Florida uh, did its, or uh, enacted its statute in uh, 2015, and and we have had zero crowdfunding offerings ever since. It's just and amazing. That is just amazing. I and mean, when we were chatting earlier, you know, there's some key barriers to that. So why don't you listen, list for our listeners so they understand what it is that there's it, it, it it's really not that 
difficult. I mean, it's going to be difficult because everything's difficult when you have to get it legislatively approved. But the changes that you have identified are relatively small that would really make it so much easier for entrepreneurs to get access to the capital through an interstate crowdfunding offering. Yeah, I will say that the statute is is uh, is presently extremely difficult to navigate, but um, that's for the issuers. But the 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 real door or showstopper is uh, the fact that we have a, a requirement to for for a crowdfund issuer to use a crowdfund portal, which is a separate business. So it's a it's a third party intermediary, um, which also needs which, which needs a license to to do its um, business in the state. We don't have any portals, and um, so, I mean, right there, crowdfunding doesn't work because no, without a portal, no issuer can use it. And uh, so, one of the one of the uh, nuances of our our, our revision is uh, to untether the portal requirement from a crowdfund wannabe issuer, and allow portals. We, we, we want to incentivize portals to come to the state or start up in the state, and uh, and allow them to do other interstate offerings. You know, I, I don't see the need to, to tether them uh, only to a crowdfund deal. You know, I mean, those deals are capped, you know, so therefore their fees are capped. And, uh, you know, if they, if they can do other, you know, they can do a registered offering in state or they can do, um, you know, a limited Reg D offering, um, perhaps, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're opening up doors to other funding other businesses, not just crowdfunders, but, uh, but potential any kind. Potentially yeah. Any kind of yeah. So and, do, you, do you see that where you'll add, because the benefit of a portal and, you know, on the reg CF uh, side of it, when it's national on that, is that you have some eyeballs on it. That's to right. Make sure that, you know, they have proper legal documents. They're set up properly. Just the, the fundamental blocking and tacking, it doesn't guarantee that the company is going to be successful in the long term, but at least you're not stepping into a quagmire because you forgot to ask this question because there's a, a standard. So do you see that if they don't go th through a portal that they would um, still have to do the kind of things they do under a reg D 504? Cause that's really what it comes under. So they still have to have a legal document. They still have to have these other, you know, a, an offering memorandum, a private placement. They still have to, have, you know, track their investors who are accredited and who's not accredited. They still have to do all of that stuff and have and and maybe show it in advance. So when because they have to they do register with the state that they're doing the offering. And so then would the burden then go on the SEC within the state to look and make sure, check the boxes and then investors can decide, do they go directly to the company or do they go through this other because it's um, there's other benefits to having a portal. Well, um, the, the the benefit of, of crowdfunding is the ability to leverage the internet, and uh, right. you know that's that was that was the sea change in regulation that occurred with the Jobs Act was the recognition that the internet is free, you know, and and, and it basically and uh, and 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 uh, uh, accessible to like globally, right? Um, so. Um, and why can't we reach potential investors on the internet? Why can't we do that? You know, and, and so the, you know, the, at the federal level, I mean, they struggle with that because their system was built on brick and mortar, you know, concepts. And, uh, um, and you know, the new reality is that, uh, you know, people are communicating electronically. 
um, I love that. I mean, I, and I, uh, and I, but I also don't think that uh, a securities issuer that is that feels like they can reach out to prospective investors on their own needs to do it through a third party. I mean, we we already have a, a system in place with, that um, allows uh, issuers to self underwrite. You know, I mean, they could do their own offerings and they can do them own, their own offerings under the exemption statutes. They can do them, they can do a registered offering on their own if they wanted to. Um, why is crowdfunding like like tied down with a third party requirement, to, you know, to, to be the, uh, the the internet portal? That's just, all I'm thinking. You know, it doesn't make sense to me. I think I'm the only one saying that, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's a cool idea. So, uh, <laughs> you know, um, we'll see how it plays out, but the, uh, well, you the, know, the, you think, you think about it, you're a securities attorney. So, you know, before there was ever any of this, this public solicitation, general solicitation, that was the, you know, sort of the gold rule. You couldn't general solicit. And some right. attorneys would be like, oh, you can't even have an interview that says you're raising capital. It would be so extreme. And then the other ones would be like, oh yeah, you know, as long as you don't, you know, run an ad, you know what I mean? There would be this spectrum, but they always got legal counsel when they came up to it. And it was, it was, you know, the way 504 and 506 have had traditionally been, if there was a problem because an investor had a problem, then they could file a complaint. It would get investigated. If they saw that they didn't do all the stuff and people got in trouble, you know, you'd become back at bad actors. You, you know, you have to return all the money. I have to advise companies on this all the time. It's like, don't do that. Don't, you know, don't do that because, you know, you may be able to get away with it, but if you don't, then you're going to have to go pay back all your money and you're out of business, you know, <laughs> and so, right. and some, and some fines and all this other kind of stuff and maybe jail and I'm not going to jail. So, you know, don't do that stuff. Right. Um, so, you know, that, so you, do you see it really to kind of bring it back a little bit of with the traditional trust of the process and letting people just solicit without having that third party in there? Because that it, it does make sense. Why not? It worked for, you know, uh, since 1933 to do it the other way. Yes. Um, I, I mean, I used to say that, uh, you know, speaking the truth usually cost about 20 grand. Um, and, uh, <laughs> so if you, if you did a fully, you know, written disclosed offering, I mean, you know, you're, 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 um, you're running up a pretty, um, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, expensive legal bill. Right. Um, and, uh, but, um, I don't know that we ne necessarily need, uh, you know, like complete, uh, uh, like public solicitation documents that, uh, that are envisioned in the S1 type of SEC offering. Um, the Reg A is a little lighter. Um, uh, the score offering is lighter. I mean, the, the, we have a scaled down system of, of, of disclosure which ultimately designed to reduce the cost of the offering. And um, and one of those you know ideas was embedded in the in the um, in the crowdfunding statute uh, as intended. It was to make the offerings less expensive and reachable to right. a, a broad audience. Um, in practice, the federal system um, has become anything but that. I think they become expensive. They're they're FINRA regulated. They're um, they go through compliance audits that cost thousands of dollars and you know multiple hours of time to deal with and uh, and. So the, the same old um, actors that want to um, like impede capital formation keep showing up. Um, 
it just seems like yeah. that's the, that's yeah. the way it is. Um, that's that just always happens in the process. That's what happened to our crowdfunding statute. I mean, there were plenty of naysayers who were saying, you know, what about uh, this? Yeah, what about yeah, that? We gotta we gotta cover this. People are gonna get defrauded, and uh, I'm like, yeah, but. Nope. I mean, people are buying lotto tickets, you know, and and, uh, and, and Bitcoin. Right. Well, Dog that's another coin. topic. Dog that's coin. another topic. Um, uh, the uh, you know, keeping it keeping it apples to apples. Uh, you know, the lotto tickets are, um, uh, you know, you could you could take your entire nest egg and 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 burn it up in in one hour on a Saturday night if you wanted to, and there's no disclosure, you know. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, you, oops, you did it. You, you're, you're now poor. Um, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, what is the, uh, what is the, the, the real threat here that we're trying to, 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 uh, eliminate. And, you know, we, we want a fair playing field. No question. We want to protect investors. We want to encourage them. Um, but we don't want to do it at the point where, you know, we shut down capitalism. And uh, I mean, because, you know, we could overregulate this and, and, uh, and, and extinguish capitalism in, in a heartbeat. And, um, and that's not the goal of the system. Yeah. So, at least that's not my goal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, uh, so do you see um, where are you on the whole issue of finders versus licensed um, security folks? Are you do you see a place for finders to participate yes. to help these? young companies yes. or these companies doing this? Okay, good. Thank you for saying that. I mean, I, I see the, um, you know, what one of the, the, the beauties or benefits of the crowdfunding portal as an intermediary is it, it, it serves that function of, uh, of bringing people who don't know the company to the company yeah. and, and, and uh, vice versa. Uh, the finder is doing exactly the same thing, but more boots on the ground kind of thing. Right. Um, and, uh, and yes, so we, we are uh, including in our, our statutory revision a, a program that would require the, or, or I would say allow the registration of finders, because I think it's, it's, uh, it's the kind of system where it's, it's going to be um, it's very similar to like real estate agents. You know, mm -hmm. they're out there bird dogging uh, homeowners and, um, you know, and trying to find deals that connect people and they're going to get a commission, but they're not, they're not. They're not going to be the ones that are handling the cash from the homeowner. They're just doing the, they're, they're connecting the parties and making sure the deal closes. Right. Yeah. Well, even um, like business brokers, right. It's just, if they've right. got, it's tied to real estate licenses. So there is a licensing function within. Exactly. That. So I think that, you know, we, we, um, we solve a problem that it currently exists in the marketplace. People are doing, people are acting as finders. They have been for, forever. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, at the, at the risk of the issuer, um, that the issuer engages them because right now they're functioning as unlicensed brokers and without a license, they can queer an entire deal and cause a lot of financial harm to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, if we, if we have a registration scheme for those that, that um, you know, pass the background checks, we legitimize a whole element of, of the marketplace and separate the, the goats from the sheep because- yeah people with a license are going to now be able to say, Hey, I could do this deal. Look, I'm right. on the list. And, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and thereby everybody who's not is excluded. So. Uh, that is, that is so forward thinking and so few folks out there in this business of uh, helping entrepreneurs get access to capital 
understand the importance of somebody like that as a finder that, you know, whether they're registering and do it all the time because they're just in the space of doing that, they're a great connector and networker, or if they're just somebody that, um, you know, once in a while will do it because they happen to know this person or that person or something like that, whatever, however way they want to play. Sure. It just seems like it's always something that people dance around, you know, trying to be within the rules but also help the companies do what they need to do when they have, you know, the access, right? So, um, okay, so what are some of the challenges that you see investors are facing in understanding, you know, we talked about education a little bit, you talked about the the students and getting, uh, getting opportunities and understanding the startup realm and some of these industries that you're focused on. Where, how, where, what do you think is needed to bring more, you know, I call them Tom, Dick and Harry's of investing, right? They're just, they're not the guy that sold a tech company and made gazillions of dollars or is on his third startup is the people that have built successful restaurant chains or built successful plumbing businesses, or they are in the construction business and want to diversify out of real estate, or they're, you know, they're people that have run other successful businesses or are high level in or in companies as executives that you know normally they might play the pink sheets or something they're a savvy investor and um they didn't even know that they could participate in angel investing until they started to hear some stuff about crowdfunding but they just don't know and if they talk to their the biggest one of the biggest things i've always felt was a an impediment to that was um the whole fear of selling away that had been planted in the seeds of a lot of those people that manage folks' money. So they wouldn't be able to give them advice if they want to take 10% of their portfolio and put it into private equity of, of, of private companies. Um, they didn't have anybody they could really ask about it, right? You know, I mean, so do, do you see that as once you get this fixed on the crowdfunding interstate side, that there'll be something, you know, to help? make make it more comfortable, make it seem more legitimate to people that have potential to invest? I think uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a multifaceted um, answer, you know, to that question, because it's a really big question, because um, there's not just one size of investor for one thing. Um, but uh, uh, making the opportunities available is part of it, the awareness, um, you know, to uh, um, to potential investors, because pretty much everybody is a potential investor, right? I mean, anybody could be. Um, and and making crowdfunding truly available in the state, I think, can be an on ramp to a um, a broader um, experiential uh, aspect for for investors, because the crowdfunding, it by nature, is is likely to be a small dollar investment opportunity. And so people can sort of just almost like you mentioned Bitcoin or, you know, whatever, or uh, crypto, people can get into that system with a couple of bucks, you know, and, uh, and they can, they can buy their little, little piece of crypto right now. And it could be just like a fraction of a coin of some, some <laughs> enterprise. Right. And, uh, and then they can say, Oh, I got crypto. Well, they can do the same with crowdfunding too. I mean, they can, they can put in 25 bucks and, and say they've got, you know, part of the pizza parlor or something. And uh, 
and they, they um, that that's a way to start. And they, but they need to get experience, and uh, and 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 the experience, uh, frankly, has to come from education first. I mean, experience um, the hard way is you know they they try to make money, um, you know, so yeah, uh, always a risk, just like buying your lotto ticket. Well, you know, at least they print the odds, you know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, when I was, uh, it was funny, when I, I was out visiting friends in San Francisco a few years back when I was first coming out with the book, and uh, one of them was, a, you know, a tenured professor, and the other was a, a high-level licensed electrician, this couple, and they were like, angel investing, what's that? And I said, and like, why, why are you bringing out this book or whatever? I said, well, there's all kinds of stuff that's happening right now, and the traditional angels that do this, I said, but... Think of it this way. You guys have a little nest egg. Let's say you've got, there's a restaurant that you walk down the street to and you go there every Friday. You love it. There's always a line, but you're okay with waiting because the food's so good. And there, an owner knows you and she says, she comes to you. She said, hey, the hairdresser place next door is closing. I have an opportunity to go in there and expand my restaurant because look at this line. All I need to do is I'm ready. All I need to do is get $10,000 because the bank will give me some money for buying more stuff. And if I get 10 of my best customers to do $1,000 a piece, I can be there. You guys in? And you might say, oh, sure. We love this restaurant. This is great. We totally want to do that. But if you knew, because that would be an emotional decision, if you had just a little bit of, of like checklist of things to think about, you might say, well, what's your profit? right now and oh well maybe we can we look at your books and make sure she's okay with you looking at her books right and what are you going to do with um and so yeah you're gonna do that but how about if you just raise all of your rates for your plates by a dollar a plate and let's see if the lines hold because then you've increased your profit by 10 15 20 percent because if they just expand they're going to have double the expenses in a way but may not have additional profit to come because they have to have more wait staff they have to have right so those right. are the basic little things that a novice investor that's really common sense but a lot of times they just the emotional connection and that's kind of the problem sometimes with some of these crowdfunding because it's like a video that they fall in love with that's just this little basic thing that I think it would be um, hopefully, as they, as any organization, any state that's doing this, is looking to grow their economics, will think about not leaving those kind of investors behind because that restaurant needs that kind of help or whatever it is that they like as a customer. But they also um, they need some basics of what do you what do you look for? What are some common sense questions to make sure that you don't haven't both set yourself up for failure? The business itself because they're not growing they're not preparing to grow properly. They're making an emotional decision and the investor making an emotional decision. And then, you know, it's just a recipe for, for, for trouble to, in a lot of cases. So, you know, I think there's so much opportunity, like you say, for all, all types of investors and all types of companies, if Florida can get this right. And I really, um, uh, I'm in your, your, in your cheerleading corner on that. <laughs> right. Well, I thank you. We uh, uh, hope to, have on our, our website, you know, an investor awareness, um, uh, like an educational uh, platform where exactly these types of, of uh, points are going to be, you know, uh, just 
stated. Uh, you know, these are things that uh, you know prospective investors, you know, ought to consider. You know, ask questions about these different things, and uh, and and just have it out there. I mean, we we can put that out there for free. You know, it's no cost to the public um, directly, so that uh, you know we can we can serve as an educational warehouse. Um, but uh, but it. It, it's it's more than just us. I mean, we 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 have to go around, you know, and, and remind people, um, you know, of basics, and you know, constantly, and uh, and and on the other end of the scale, you know, I like to see that we have a uh, financial um, financial education um, like requirement. We have it now in, in high school, you know, an elective um, has been uh, oh, yeah? made in our system, uh, but we really need it more broadly. I mean, people need to like graduate high school, I think, and, and be able to, um, you know, uh, balance a checkbook and understand, I mean, basic finance. They, they just have to. I mean, how, where else are they going to learn it? Um, right. the, the hard way. And uh, so we need to we need to be teaching them and. Uh, you know, as much as we can, I mean, parents need to be doing this as well. Um, and, uh, and, and making sure their kids know basics about, uh, um, you know, basic accounting, basic finance, so that when they, when they, they go off into the real world, they can, they can think about, uh, you know, putting aside money in an IRA or any other things that are other tools that are available, just knowing that they can do it. Um, and knowing the benefits of doing it and, and what they should be looking for. And then you have an IRA, you know, it's offered by a, a custodian. You, if you uh, get more uh, uh, inventive, you could consider a self-directed IRA, you know, and, and, uh, and then you could take that money and invest it directly in, in things that you're interested in. Um, what, what's a good idea? You know, well, ask questions and know what the questions are and then make sure you're happy with the answers. And, uh, and like you said, I mean, you, you know, yeah, sure. The restaurant you like going there. Um, but, uh, you know, you want to make sure you, you, um, you know, you get the, you know, you, you go in every opportunity, eyes wide open and make yeah. sure it's right for you. Right. Uh, it may, may not be right for you. It might be right for the next person. And, right. uh, you know, so. Yeah. It, it, so. I, the, the link I have for listeners to get involved and help is businessaccelerationnetwork.com slash Florida. Is that correct? That is, that is a link that will help you um, get in contact with us. We, um, as part of our, our legislative effort, we are literally going around the state soliciting public feedback. I mean, I come into the, to the office here with my own background and my own notions of, of what I think is wrong. And what I think the um, the pain points are, but I'm asking the marketplace, you know, uh, to to give us their feedback. And and I've been surprised because I I found out I didn't know everything. Um, you know, I, I found people have uh, you know bigger ideas or other other issues I may have encountered as a as a lawyer, but um, uh, you know didn't think of them as. Um, you know, true barriers, but other people are upset about them. And uh, <laughs> so they've, they've, they've taken this opportunity to throw up on our website, you know, all of their peeves. And uh, so I think it's fascinating. It's, it's been a, uh, it's resulted in, in us having a more holistic um, approach to, you know, uh, fact finding. And Good. I mean, we, 
I mean, I think it's the right thing to do. And we're doing market research, basically, and uh, understanding what the market wants. And, uh, and then we, as an agency, are, are trying to, you know, fashion the, uh, um, the legislative um, means to, uh, to reach those, um, those issues. And some of them are not within our, our agency's uh, mission. They're broader. And, uh, and we, you know, actually, uh, you know, spoken to some other agencies already about some of the stuff that's on our website. <laughs> so they know about it. And, uh, and, and we want to be able to report back, you know, like, this is what's going on. This is what the other agency, you know, may be doing. Um, but it might be, uh, you know, a broader legislative initiative that is needed uh, to encompass, encompass some of these, you know, broader ideas, but yeah. they're real. And, yeah, you know, the yeah. pain and, and so this has been good. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it may be cathartic in a way for the state uh, to be able to say, okay, well, now we got, you know, a state agency that's um, listening to us. And, uh, and b- believe me, I mean, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to, you know, this is my mission. This is why I took the job is okay. to, uh, to create this ecosystem. I want to make sure I do it right. And Very so, good. you know, we've, we've, uh, we've done surveys to the, the FINRA license portals asking them what their pain points are. And uh, we've also asked them, what would it take for you to come to Florida and and set up shop here? And, uh, you know, try to understand what their mindset is. And, uh, and so all all this feedback is helpful, but it's, it's, um, it's not all limited to to capital raising, but it's, it's kind of morphed in, in, in some respects into a broader um, issue of like doing business in Florida, you know, like, these are these are our pain points in doing business in Florida, and uh, and that's that's um, that's a very interesting uh, you know um, issue that you know I didn't anticipate in when I first started asking the questions. So, yeah. You know, so we'll see where it goes. Okay, so folks, uh, that's businessaccelerationnetwork.com/slash/florida, and uh, is there? like three questions or like two questions that you say, if this is what we really want to have feedback on to give people some clarity on how to direct their comments or their, their response. We, we have um, the issues like, like set up so that uh, they, they should channel to us in a meaningful way, but. Oh, so they can we, just like point and click and choose and of. comment. Yeah, there's, okay. there's, there's um, there, there are um, like feedback uh, boxes to, uh, to fill in. And we, what we're doing is we're, we're putting up on the website, our accumulated comments. So, so people can read what's been said and hopefully add to it. And rather than repeating what's already, we've already been told, but, um, you know, we're hoping that by, you know, posting that stuff real time that, uh, people are seeing, um, you know, wow, people, you know, they care about this issue and I care about it and they don't have to necessarily repeat it, but, um, you know, when we're done with it, we're, we're going to try to, you know, do a survey and have people, you know, rank what they're, uh, uh, you know, on the list we've, we've accumulated, what their, what their favorites are. And we'll try to make sure that we, we you know, specifically address them um, as best we can. For, for legislative changes or right. overall, you know, in a more holistic organic, you know, because, you know, it's, some of the stuff is specifically to a legislative action. And then some of it is finding private resources to do public private partnerships on education and development and things like that. And yes, also I mean, probably some funding to throw into the ones to provide 
Oh yeah, I mean, some of them are complaints about my agency. I mean, they, 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 we were in the realm of of, uh, of stuff you know, on the on the uh, on the comments, but um, but yes, I mean, education and and lack of it is an issue, and and, and people have been you know chiming in about that, and uh, so it's all good because you know we're not going to solve it um, in this first legislative session. You know, it's going to be a thing we're we're going to keep working at, and. Uh, and hopefully that, you know, the comments keep growing where we continue to address them and, and, uh, and then, you know, more will come up and we'll hopefully address those. Yeah. But we're already envisioning that there's a longer term piece to this. And, and one of the ideas, you know, as I uh, mentioned before we got on this, that, um, uh, you know, we're, we're wondering whether we can tie in an education requirement in, in, in financial matters or marketing or, you know, business startup, um, entrepreneurship or, or, or something along those lines, yeah. a certificate program. So we have, you know, if you, if you have the certificate, then maybe you qualify for a certain level of, uh, um, uh, exempt offering status where your, um, your compliance costs could be reduced because you're, you're, you can demonstrate you, you're, you're an entrepreneur who has a certificate of such and such. Yeah. And uh, therefore, you're a, you might represent a lower risk, you know, to a prospective investor. Yeah. So, I mean, we're playing with different ideas like that. So uh, so the, the SPDC, is, I assume you're just like Georgia. They're all over in many of your universities and they they serve that kind of function. And, and maybe it's, uh, yes, you know, shining up that apple of what they are to say they they've kind of got the infrastructure in there. They've got people that volunteer on that. They got paid people that are expertise. They got college kids that help out as interns in that. And so I always send, if somebody's short on funds to pay for something, I say, well, the first thing you need to do is go get into one of those low cost SBDC programs. You know? I agree. And, and that, that is certainly one of the, um, uh, you know, participants that at least I have in mind with, with respect to, uh, you know, getting a, you know, some sort of training or, um, uh, training and academic feedback or, you know, what, um, what have you from the, the, the different programs can offer. And maybe we can channel it into a, you know, a, a system, you know, where we actually have a, you know, a programmatic solution to, uh, to a, you know, a sector of the capital um, needs of the community. Excellent. Something to talk about. You know. Yeah. So uh, thank you again so much for being on the show. Anything you want to add in your final comments here, Commissioner Rigel? Well, thank you so much, Karen. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about what we're doing. And uh, I hope this podcast reaches Floridians uh, in particular, but everybody's got a relative in Florida. So yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it affects everybody. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I you know, whether they're here now or they're, you know, maybe one day, um, you know, we are interested in all, all the, the best ideas. And uh, so send them our way. We're, we're trying to make something work here. And, uh, you know, and it, it's exciting. And so I look forward to, uh, to the, like, mass participation you know, <laughs> out here. Thank you so yes, much. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to sharing this and ha and uh, making sure that the people I know down in Florida that have a stake in this will uh, make sure that they give you your, your feedback and connect up with you as well. Great. So. Thank you so much. 
All right. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Please share this podcast with anybody you know in Florida. If they're an entrepreneur or any type of potential investor, if they're already active investor, please go and share this with them. And uh, thank you very much for tuning in. See you next week. Onwards and upwards.